fans, you're going to want to hear this because the coach of Fairleigh Dickinson has been talking that yang, as they used to say. Smack. He's feeling himself. But one thing before we go to Seth. Look at me. Look at me. John Adams used to be the head of referees in the NCAA. He's a good friend. You know what? I watched the best referee game yesterday. It was Charleston. Charleston ultimately got beat by San Diego State, but man, was it refreshing. They let him play. No touch fouls. If all things were equal, and we know they're not, don't comment on this, Seth. I know we got to get diversity. We got blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Those three guys, until a bad call late, should always do the big games because they let guys play. I don't want to see touch fouls in the NCAA tournament. I don't want good players out. If it's a foul, call it, but not a touch. Not a little touch, but that's just, ugh. It was driving me nuts all night because I saw two teams. Charleston is tough. San Diego State is tough. And damn, did they go at it. And the referees, hey, man, they said, we're going to call it if we have to. And they didn't, which was awesome. And then they did and kind of screwed it up. But I loved I don't know who those three guys are. I don't know where they're from. I don't know what their backgrounds are. But that was fun to watch. The whole day was fun to watch. Kia Clark throws it away. Awful, awful, awful for that kid. Uh, they won a championship three years ago, and now he goes out to making a bad play. Virginia goes down to Furman. And Mitch Henderson, I tried to recruit him a little bit when I was in Indiana at Culvert Academy. Culvert Academy. He leads Princeton to a 215. And I'm getting right into this, Seth. You and I were texting. I don't know the deal, but I know this. Arizona guards were shook, and they were awful, my friend. Welcome. What's going on, brother? Yeah, let me tell you. Arizona's guards, 0 for from the three-point line. Three assists, nine turnovers in the second half. Uh, got dominated. Art of the upset. You know, Princeton owned the tempo and rhythm of the game. They forced those guards to try to make plays or did where they didn't make plays. They took Arizona out of transition. They did a pretty good job on the glass. They had more offensive rebounds in Arizona. And they win the game. I mean, plain and simple. But we've said all along, Dan, that the backcourt of Arizona was their Achilles heel. Never had trust in Kirk Cressa. Didn't have trust in Courtney Ramey. Didn't have trust in Larson. Uh, they're good players. But they're not guys that you want to win a national championship with. You need guys you can trust to win a national championship. Those guys, they can be good, but they can be bad. You can't win with dudes that are 50-50 guys. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. You got to, you need everyday dudes, and they didn't have everyday guards. You know, hey, Seth, <clears throat> did you, I had Arizona. I, I, I had Arizona going pretty far. Um, I had them. I had him in one bracket winning just because I was anti-Alabama and all the nonsense. But I think most people believed in Arizona. Did they not? Yeah, I had him win two games. I had Creighton beating him. Uh, look, right. I mean, front court is legit. They play big-to-big basketball. They Tabellas runs the floor. I just never thought even Henderson, Henderson Pelle, Larson, uh, Ramey, I just I was never sold on those guys. Courtney Ramey plays good energy, but he's too high. He's too low. He's not consistent. Uh, Kirk Chris was always high. I mean, he's like just he's always, you know, he he, he plays with a, a lot of passion. But sometimes you've got to also take a step back and play with a purpose. Uh, and I just thought the game plan defensively for Princeton was pretty good. I thought they kept basically they said we're going to you perimeter guys aren't getting anything. We're going to defend the post one-on-one. We're going to stay between the ball and the basket, wall up, and block out so you don't get second shots. We're going to do a good job offensively so that, you know, you're not out in transition. 
uh, we can set our defense. And then in the end, you have a chance to win. It's the order of the upset, 100%. Own the tempo to rhythm, take away transition, take away second shots, have someone step up at the end of the game. And that's exactly what they did. Hey, Seth, I thought uh, five <clears throat> minutes to go, I'm watching the game, and I think Arizona was up, I'm not sure, 8, 10, whatever. And you know me, uh, I, I'm like, nah, I'm taking Princeton, I'm betting Princeton because I felt like Arizona looked shook. And by the end of the game, Seth, you do not see this anymore. Remember back in the day, uh, in the 80s, you'd play off a guy, you'd play inside the lane. You know, it, Princeton was just backing off of dudes by the end of it. Yeah, and, and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You know, Look, you don't want to get beat by the other team's best players. I mean, like that that's been my philosophy for the 22 years I was a head coach. If someone's going to beat you, all right, let it be someone else. You cannot get beat by the other team's best players. Like, I don't understand why more teams don't red denial, gap off non-shooters. I mean, make someone else make a play. Uh, we beat Wake Forest one year when they were number one in the country. We played triangle too. I remember coming out one time out, Jamon Gordon goes, Coach, like, how far do you want me to go out? I said, I don't want you to go out. I said, like, here's the deal. I want that dude shooting. If he makes the first one, that's good for us. <clears throat> and in the end, that's what happened. So I give Princeton all credit. What a great – I mean, think about this. Mitch Anderson, I mean, he was on the team that beat UCLA, and then he just beat Arizona. The guy needs a, the guy needs a Pac-12 job. Yeah, give – yeah. I mean I, – <laughs> I thought it was great. All right, I feel bad for Kia Clark. He's been terrific over his career. I do too, but he he got Kihei'd. Basically what happened. Now, if you think about the kid, Garrett, I think it's Heine. Uh, he makes the steal and makes the pass, and then what happens? Boom. They knock down the three. J.P. Pegues knocks down the three. I mean, think about that now. I mean, that was to have a timeout, fifth-year senior, winning his player, Great leader, unbelievable career, made the greatest assist in the history of Virginia basketball. And he just takes it, thinks he's going to clear the defense. I'm not sure if he knew how much time was left on the clock. And he, he basically threw an assist to Furman. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He threw an assist to Furman. And Furman took advantage of it, did exactly what they did to Purdue. And they advanced past it to Pekis, and he knocks down to three. I mean, it's a really sad ending, considering Beekman was right there. Uh, why do you take it into the corner? I mean, there's so many reasons that a veteran player wouldn't do what he did. That he had an outlet behind him in Beekman. But uh, sad, sad way. I mean, I think he was part of that team that lost to UMBC. So, I mean, he's had the highs and lows yeah. of college basketball. I just hope that in his, in his mind, you hope that the thing he thinks about most is what an amazing experience he had in winning a national championship and not that turnover that ended their season. Yeah, I, I, you know what? He had, thank you. He has had an unbelievable career, and I do hope he thinks national championship, right? I mean, I'm reading guys ripping Tony Bennett. That's fine. I, whatever you want to do with that. I'll take Tony Bennett coaching my team today, tomorrow, or the next day. Hey, Seth, though, how about coaches? How about your boys? You are the beacon of the what is it? Harvard on the Hackensack? You are the guy. You are Mr. FDU. And your coach has got the state of Indiana in an uproar, 16 seed, talking smack to, to Edie and the boiler, Seth. What's going on? 
hey, wait a second. Uh, Harvard and Hacksaw, we don't back down to anyone. Are you kidding me? Bring it on. All seven four Zach Eady. Bring it on. Are you kidding me? We're going to back down to Zach Eady and boil her up? Come on now. Look, we got these little guards. They're going to get up underneath Purdue. We're going to push them out of step. We're going to force Zach Eady away from the basket. And then the other one, we're going to spread them out and drive them a kick and drive them a kick. They're going to be chasing us all over the place. And then Zach Eady's going to block it. <laughs> hey, it, I, is this Tobin team, Anderson, this no is back, what, hey, when I go back down in Tobin Anderson, no back down. I know, I know, but uh, people here, have, when I said I was having you on, Purdue, my buddies at Purdue were texting me, hey, can you ask Seth, and I should have prepped you for this, how does FDU compare to last year's St. Peter's team? Because Purdue fans are in a panic, right, about <clears throat> last year's Purdue you know, is there any comparison? No, uh, style will play a little bit, but they don't have as good of players. But but they're going to play their tails off. They're going to spread the court. They're going to get up underneath people. Uh, you know, they don't. They're not as deep or uh, as athletic in the front court. But there will be no back down. Tobin Anderson, a former five star guy, uh, has done a great job. For year one, they're old. He he brought a bunch of guys from his Division two program. Uh, they play really hard. They 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 share the ball. Uh, you know they didn't win their conference tournament, but Merrimack wasn't eligible. Uh, but uh, they had a heck of a year, and they'll go out and they'll lay it down. Uh, but it could get ugly. You know, you know, it would be for people that don't know Merrimack. Right, they're in that transition period coming to Division One. So <laughs> Merrimack beat FDU in the conference championship game first. You know, but. FDU goes, this would be the greatest story. Seriously, this would be like John Daly being the fifth alternate uh, winning the PGA here over, over by our house in Crooked Stick. If you come from that, only reason you're in is because the other team was ineligible. Hey, Harvard on the Hackensack, you know, when you, when you, when you go, go to that Rothman Center, you know what I mean? You know, like that Rothman Center's got some magic now. For the love yeah, well, of Alabama. there. Oh, yeah, Alabalbo with the greatest hair in the history of basketball. Look it up and see if I'm lying. <laughs> hey, I, you and I have been around this game forever, all right? Have you ever seen, and I mean ever, seen, you can make a case that Brandon Miller is a national player of the year. He's certainly going to be the first American drafted or the first college kid drafted, okay? Go over. I don't think I've ever seen a guy go over in, in an NCAA game. Didn't need to. Didn't need to score. That's what makes him so good. I know, but. You know, I mean, like, yeah, he went over, but he had, you know, he had eight, five or six rebounds, four or five assists. Like, he lets the game come to him. He doesn't chase anything. I mean, guys, we got, got it going on. I mean, Bradley was making shots. Quinterly was making shots. I mean, you know, Alabama's good enough where their best players. Now, when the game's on the line, you know, and, and if that was a game, he would have been just fine. But they're so good that they don't have to have their best player play well and they can they, they can absolutely run someone. I mean, that's how good and deep they are. Uh, anything you're looking <clears throat> at today other than Fairleigh Dickinson? What, what are you looking at today? I like Drake. I like Drake. I like Drake. If North Channel Mirror is not healthy, I like Drake. Four seniors, Tucker DeVries, I call him Doug McDermott Light. Uh, they, they're physical defensively. They don't turn it over. They don't give up second shots. 
I think Drake could pull it off. I think VCU could pull up an upset. Uh, you know, VCU slow the game down with their pressure, limit their exposure in the half court. Uh, Ace Baldwin's a very dynamic guard. I could see him having a, a, a good game. Deloche is a big front court guy that can protect the rim. None can score it a little bit. I like them. And I'll tell you, my, my way outside the box, way outside the box, I've got Pitt over Iowa State. Four fifth-year fifth seniors, floor gamers, shot makers. Greg Elliott knocks down jumpers. Namaris Burton gets the ball in the lane. They play in the middle third of the floor. Blake Henson is a matchup problem. Sibandi comes off the bench, can score, give him a little punch off the bench. Uh, I look at that team, and Greg Elliott's a big-time three-point shooter. I, you know, Iowa State can get stuck offensively. They can't. I mean, if Kalsher's not making shots, they get stuck offensively. As long as, as Pitt rebounds the ball, I think they can win that game. <clears throat> give me a little something. Give me a little something on the latest game, uh, the late game, Indiana uh, and Kent. I think I, I like Indiana in this game. Uh, Kent can really, really guard. Since Dick Harry is a very good player, started playing for Keith Dambrot actually at Duquesne. Uh, has a nice floor game. Uh, the way I look at it, Indiana lost their last game, so it'll be fine today. It's the next one I'm worried about. Uh, look, right. Indiana, like. Like to me, the Brat with with, with Norchetto Mir injured and with Sasser coming out of the game yesterday due to his groin injury, that bracket has opened up some. It's opened up some. Uh, so I like look, I like Indiana. I like Indiana a lot. I do too. It was ten years <clears throat> ago I mean, you and I you and you and I were on a set at ESPN, like maybe it was today, and I got a call from Dunk City's assistant coach, Marty Richter. And Marty Richter said, hey, coach, I'm just telling you, we're going to beat Georgetown, and he told me how. He is now at Drake, and he told me, hey, coach, I'm just telling you, uh, we're going to beat Miami, we're going to beat Indiana. We're better than both teams. So there you go, the Marty Richter factor, assistant now at Drake. Hey, I, th I think they could be Miami. I don't think they – unless Indiana doesn't show up. Like, Indiana th doesn't show up some nights. I mean, it's just – and I don't mean don't show up. I mean, they don't – like, when they defend, they're really good. Yeah. Some nights – when they defend, they're really, really good. When they defend and they're out in transition, and they defend and Trace Jackson's is running. When they defend, guys get easier shots. Game's easier for Jalen Hood to, to navigate. Uh, when they don't defend, like they can dominate you defensively. And it's frustrating when they don't. <clears throat> um, I got three teams for you before I get you out of here. I just want your thoughts. Obviously, Marquette is playing great, right? Marquette, Marquette's, uh, I want your thought on them, Texas, and Xavier. Marquette's playing great, and I think that they got the best passer in college basketball. It's created an epidemic of passing with Tyler Kolick. I think their front court is hard to deal with. Prosper and uh, Igadoro are skilled front court as there is in the country, and Jones can score it. Mitchell does what he does. He defends and does all the garbage work. I like them. Uh, what was the other two? I'm getting old. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I know. Xavier, Xavier and Texas. Yeah, te I love Texas. I mean, what they did in the, pack, in the Big 12 tournament, 
without without Timmy Allen, you know, Serge Barr Rice starts, he scores it. Uh, you know, they've got Dylan Dusu who's starting to play. He's averaged about 14 points a game over the last four games, rebounding the ball. He's complimented by Christian Bishop. Uh, Marcus Carr is a very good closer. Uh, Hunter's finding, figuring out his spot. Dylan Mitchell's giving him good quality minutes. I really like them. Xavier, you know, here's my deal. <clears throat> I think if Pitt wins, they play Xavier. And I think that's Ooh. a tough game for Xavier. You know, that's, that's Pitt, Sean Miller's school, playing Pitt with Xavier. I think that's a tough matchup for them. I think that, again, I think the floor gamers, Pitt is an interesting team because, you know, they can rip off 15, 16 threes. I mean, they can flat shoot it. Those guys, perimeter guys, and, you know, with Jack Nungy stepping away and inverting and all that jazz, they got bigs who can step out and guard. Uh, Kobe White, uh, Kobe Jones is a really tough matchup. Kunkel can really shoot it. Uh, you know that. And Sule Boom Shakalaka is is a, is terrific. But so is Jamaris Burton. You know, so is Blake Hidson. So is Nellie Cummings as a fifth-year senior who's been to the NCAA tournament with Colgate. I, I, I really like this pit team. <clears throat> last, last thing. In Micah Shrewsbury and Penn State, uh, let me, and I hate to do this, but if I'm Micah Shrewsbury, I might think about getting out of there if Notre Dame comes a call and something like that. I don't think anybody has improved his stocker's profile more than Micah Shrewsbury. You know, even Mitch Henderson, I, I know it's great, but Shrewsbury, that crew is good, and they've come a long way, man. Uh, he also has five seniors. It might no be time question. to, I mean, like, it's hard to reinvent that in one year. He's, hey, he's done a great job. He's a terrific coach. And I, I had them beating A&M. Uh, and they're a sign of a well-coached team. They don't turn it over. They don't give up second shots. They get the shot they want. Um, they share the ball. <clears throat> you can see how connected he is with his team. They play like a really good basketball team. <laughs> My man, what do you got today? <clears throat> Tell us where we can find you and talk about the new podcast, if you I've don't mind. First, and hopefully then I can shut it down for walks. My throat is destroyed. Uh, and then I think I have 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock Sports Center before we have our game day show tomorrow. Where's the podcast? You and Andy, where's it at? Where, where, when is it out, the we podcast? The first four rounds. The first four rounds. I mean, the first, you know, the first two rounds. <clears throat> We need, to, we need the conference. You what? I'll, t I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're Say hello to the family. Uh, uh, Don't two weeks. Huh? Don't get yourself in trouble today. What else I got to do? I got nothing else <laughs> to do. It's a spice <laughs> of life. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, two weeks, I'm going to be in uh, the real Harvard, and on Sunday, I don't know, some swings. Hey, I, I haven't played since August. I'm going to need more strokes. Good. Good. <clears throat> now I got a chance, and all that chirping. No part of it. See you, brother. I love that man.
Love that man. Don't get myself in trouble today. I don't think I, you know, the only people I can get in trouble with is my man Aaron and Gary and Dylan. They get mad at me, then I got problems. But, uh, hey, look, Fairleigh Dickens' coach is like, I think we can beat Purdue. I think we can beat Purdue. And for those of you that don't know, Five Star that Seth mentioned was a big-time basketball camp uh, out in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I went to it as a camper, got invited to be a waiter. Chris Mullen was there. Uh, All these guys, I don't know, Michael Jordan, Ewing, all these guys showed up. uh, And, you know, it was great. And a lot of coaches came through there. Rick Pitino made his bones coming through there. A lot of guys. Calipari made his bones. So the coach at FDU, and I'm not even, I, I, I'm not saying his name until he has earned it. Well, maybe he has earned it, I guess. I, I don't know. My thing is this. What's he supposed to say? Like people are, well, I can't believe he, he called out Purdue. What's he supposed to say? We're going to lose? Uh, is that what we're, you know, hey, uh, look, uh, look, I'm talking to the media now. Well, you know, uh, I think Purdue is the greatest team I've ever seen, and we're going to get our brains beat out. Now, that was the way that Lou Holtz handled it, right? That's the way he handled it, okay? But guys from New Jersey don't handle it that way. Tobin Anderson's the coach's name, so I got to give him great credit. But Tobin Anderson, Greg Horenda, you know, Tobin Anderson said, hey, that's not how Jersey does it. It's not how we do it out east. We ain't, we ain't acquiescing to you. We're not sitting around going, hey, we're scared of Purdue. They're coming right at Purdue. You're going to see it, and you're going to like it. Yeah, there he is. You know, he's got his shoulders forward. You know, he's ready to go. It's a 6.50 game or whatever time tonight, 6-something by the time games start, all that kind of stuff. Indiana's supposed to go off at 9.55. But yesterday, let's run through it just real quick. You know, I've been on Bob Huggins' backside, and I ain't afraid. I'm not. I don't like cheaters. And now that Huggins is going in the Hall of Fame, I don't like it. So I was glad he lost. I like Huggins personally. I'm sure we're not friends now after the things that I've been tweeting, which is basically a story of how he cheated. But they got beat. They got beat by a Maryland team that started out so bad, so soft, that I felt bad. They had a center named Reese. I'm like, get him out of there. Furman, we talked about Virginia. I, you know, Furman's a great story, the Palladians. It's a great story, but I got to tell you, I feel bad for Kia Clark. Look, sometimes, guys, uh, you feel great for Furman. Kia Clark, this is interesting. You Purdue fans will remember. He's the guy that chased down the loose ball hit it to the Diakite kid who sent the game into overtime. Purdue, when the ball was going into the backcourt, had a 98.9% chance of going to the Final Four. K.A. Clark made a great up-the-floor pass. Well, guess what? He ended the career making a horrible up-the-floor pass. I would argue he thought maybe there was only two seconds left, and they wouldn't have time if he just threw it into the backcourt. I feel bad for that kid. Missouri did what Missouri does, man. Dennis Gates is a great coach. That dude's coming into Missouri, changed the whole thing. I was texting with Bill Self last night. Seems to be doing all right. Alabama, this was a fun game to watch because Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Coach Lutz used to be at Purdue. He's a heck of a coach. They went up and down with Alabama. They figured, what the hell, Alabama's going to get into the mid-70s uh, to 100. We're going to have to get there. They got there but didn't have enough defense. And as I said, Brandon Miller 
Stugatz, nothing, zip, zip, zilch, nothing. And watch, I do agree. The more you watch Alabama, the more you're just like, yeah, they're longer, they're more athletic, they got every piece. I haven't really seen a flaw in them. Now, I'm sure if I scouted them, you know, maybe I could, but to this point, I've not seen a flaw, and they seem to be pretty healthy. They do. Charleston-San Diego State was a great game. It was a great game to watch because, as I said with Seth, the referees let them play. It wasn't like guys had to worry about touch fouls. It wasn't like guys had to go, oh, wait. They were diving in each other. Pat Kelsey's Charleston team, tough as nails. Brian Dutcher's uh, San Diego State team never flinched. It was back and forth. And what made it great, I don't know if you listen to Kevin Harlan much, but Kevin Harlan, I swear to God, he could make me drinking this coffee sound like the greatest thing ever. It's fantastic. Now, it's absolutely fantastic. And that game, other than the Princeton game, which I'll get to in a second, and other than the Furman game, that to me was the game of the day. You know, that to me was the game of the day for excitement. Now, the endings of the other two were better, don't get me wrong, but for constant energy, if I were the head of officials, if I, I, I would say, all right, guess what we're going to do here? We're going to referee like that. Now, they made a bad call at the end of the game. I mean a bad call, and that kind of ruined it. But, man, oh, man, I ain't mad about it. I am not mad about how they went about their business, right or wrong. Princeton, Arizona. Arizona, I got them going to the Final Four. My bracket is toast. I didn't buy into uh, uh, UVA much. I I, I said this before, and I'll say this again, okay? Um, Virginia got to 67, kind of out of desperation. But generally, this game was a 60-point game. And if you're going to score... At 60 or in the 50s or the low 60s, you're going to get beat. Now, at the end of the game, they had to make free, you know, that kind of thing, up 10. Guys were fouled, so they got to 67. But I'm just telling you, there aren't many teams that can get into the high, high, high 70s and into the 80s. Auburn, I love it. I was texting with Bruce Pearl last night. Think about this. Iowa is where Bruce Pearl was with Dr. Tom Davis. Iowa is where Bruce Pearl had all kind of problems with the folks from Illinois. Bruce Pearl's made a great career. It was very, very, let's just put it this way. It was very rewarding for Bruce Pearl, who has always been passed over for the Iowa job, to beat Iowa. Let's just put it that way. Duke looks good. When they get up 15 to nothing, Duke doesn't look sort of kind of good. Duke looks stupid good to me. Duke might be the second best team in the country. They look comfortable. They're guarding like crazy. Oh, Roberts, you know, this is a team a lot of people say, well, Duke, no. I bet that one big. I thought Duke was going to win by 100. Texas, watch out. What's the score? 80. 81. They can get into the 80s. Chris Collins should be the new head coach at Notre Dame. He's a coach at Northwestern. I'm telling you right now. If I'm Chris Collins and uh, his dad, Doug, who I was texting with last night, busy text night. Anyway, I would tell that AD at Northwestern, stick it. You're going to put me on a what you going to do for me now contract? Screw you. If I'm Chris Collins, I'm going to Notre Dame. Now, working for the collar ain't great. You know what I mean by the collar? The Catholic Church. It ain't great. They don't pay. They're kind of, you know. 
But I would get out of there. I'd say, hey, boom, up yours. I'm going to Notre Dame. It's an hour and a half down the street. Hell, live in Chicago and airplane in. But they're pretty good. Trouble a brewing. Trouble a brewing. Injury wise, Sasser, best player for Houston, went out at halftime. Trouble a brewing. Told you this one was going to be something. No point guard which means Rick Barnes and Tennessee are going to score in the 50s. You score in the 50s, you open yourself up. You ain't scoring in the 50s and coming within 20 of Duke. You drop a 58 on them, Duke's going to beat you by 18 to 20 or more. Tennessee got to get it figured out. Survived? Remember that kid we told you about, the big kid, Brown? He's good, not good enough. Texas A&M, Buzz Williams makes my ass tired. He makes my pee burn. He makes whatever you want to say that is bad. He, he's on the court and he's dancing around. He's got his little look. Stop it, stupid. My head hurts. Glad he got beat. I like him. He's fine. But I love me. I already apologized. I got to my phone and I apologized to everybody at the freaking Penn State University. I did. Because I doubted them. I doubted Penn State. I don't doubt them anymore. I don't. I don't doubt him. Penn State, you you do you, baby. You do you. I had him winning. I got him losing next round to Texas. What a game, man. What a guard matchup. If you haven't seen Jalen Pickett, see Jalen Pickett. Very rarely does a six foot two guard that transferred from Siena dominate an SEC team. Very rarely, if maybe, oh by the way, never. Never! Never has it ever happened that they dominate, not kind of. And I'm not talking about, well, they made shots. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dominate. Like, kick your backside. You got no chance. I'm crushing your soul. Dominate. That's what he did. He dribbled it. He handled it. He got busy with it. And next thing you know, Buzzy and the boys back in College Station. Uh, there he is. What are we doing here? Like, you know, I, I get it that coaches are now getting a look. I couldn't play for that. I'm sorry, I couldn't play for that. My high school coach, no. My college coach, are you crazy? I couldn't play for I Look at this. What are we doing here? Like, there's somebody in purple. Does the Joker wear purple? Somebody wears purple. Like, what are we doing? Like, you know, there was a coach at Marshall. I really liked the guy. He went through a personal tragedy. House burnt down, Greg Marshall. I think he used to wear rouge and blush when games were on TV. Like, I don't need a look. People say, well, Coach Knight had a look. No, he had a sweater. Like, I can deal with a sweater. I can deal with a plaid jacket. What is this? Well, I bet you the glasses don't even work. Buzz is from Texas. Buzz roamed the junior college. And this is what we're going to bring out. My backside's tired. My backside's sagging watching this kind of stuff. It is. But anyway, I digress. UCLA, you know, they weren't really tested. Uh, Asheville was not a very good team. Now, they are a good team. I mean, they got to the tournament. They did fine. But they were not a very good team. And UCLA is. Even, even with the injuries, UCLA, Jaime Hawkins and the fellas, what a, what a nice thing in the NCAA tournament for a coach 
to be able to sit your stars, Tiger, Camel, Jaime Jaquez, for basically the last, I don't know, five, seven minutes of the game. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, look at these scores. Duke could do it. UCLA could do it. Maybe Texas could, but that game ran out at the end. That was a fairly, not close, but fairly close game. You don't get to do it very often. You don't. I'm going to preview the upcoming games, but I ain't mad about you. I'm not even mad a little bit about you. Not. Not mad about you, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson coach. All right, a couple other things. Tony Mitchell, defensive back at Alabama. Good for Alabama. He's arrested over spring break, search of his vehicle. A significant amount of weed. A set of scales. A loaded handgun between the passenger seat and the center console. And a large amount of cash. Oh, hell. There you go. Go get them. A freshman. Well, you know, these are just kids. Really? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he didn't do it. I'm sure he'll get a starting job with Nick Saban. Uh, He'll get kicked off if he's not good enough. Who knows? Who cares? All I'm going to tell you is simply this. What a punk. Like, what are you doing? Well, man, weed should be legal. Yeah, okay. No, it shouldn't. Truth of the matter? No, it really shouldn't. No. You talk to people that own businesses, dudes showing up high all the time. Eh, no. No. Ain't happening. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not having it. Won't have it. Can't have it. We're not doing it. All right. Major League Baseball is going to attempt to increase transparency in their review process by showing the replay room and having an expert discuss rules and process during the game. Me likey. That's no different than Gene Steratore, right? There's no different than Gene Steratore. None. There's no different. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. No, Gene Steratore comes in. I'll tell you who got screwed in this. Do you guys remember the first guy to be the replay official, Mike Carey? Like, they just set him out there blind. You know, now everybody has 172 views on it. Mike Carey got screwed. Like, Mike Carey, how many of you guys remember that? It's awesome. It's really great. Uh, I love it. Anyway, uh, Mike Carey, now, they should do this. Now, you got so many baseball games, what's going to happen is everybody's going to have a local guy, right? I mean, when Benetti and Stoney do the White Sox games or the Cubs, Boogie, uh, and J.D. do the Cubs game, you're going to have to have a local guy in there, right? You're going to have to have somebody in there because uh, you're not traveling. You're not traveling. You're going to have somebody that is either on the phone or in the booth that's helping you out. But I like that. I don't mind that at all. I don't. I mean, so many times we really don't know what the Sam and Henry happened. All right, last, last thing. Kevin Harlan, you get a bow. You do. I dislike Stan Van Gundy because I think he's a pompous jag, all right? And he's so woke, his brain hurts. But I got to tell you, it was so nice, so nice, switching from, like, Avery Johnson yesterday on the broadcast to Stan Van Gundy where a coach is actually talking about ball. That's when I like you. Bad! Brendan Hayward. Brendan Hayward did so little research that in calling the Princeton game, Brendan Hayward, former laziest dude at North Carolina, massive talent, 
Brandon Hayward did not know that the Pierce kid playing for Princeton is the brother of Alec Pierce, wide receiver for the Colts. Now, you say to me, all right, well, no, there's no well. These are the things that if you study, you know. You guys don't like Bill Walton? Listen to Bill Walton. Bill Walton knows everything about every background. I knew everything, Franny, everything, Seth, everything on their backgrounds. But Brandon Hayward didn't even know the dude's brother plays in the NFL and his other brother played at North Carolina. And then Brandon Hayward is so stupid that he admitted it on the broadcast. Uh, So I give you that. I got to tell you, I love them both. Very nice guys. But ah, Raftery and Grant Hill. I ain't going to lie. I'm tired of the yucks. I'm tired of every single. I was counting yucks yesterday. It was a yuck count. It was unbelievable. Yuck this, yuck that, yuck this, yuck that, yuck, 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 yuck. It's exhausting. I like when they talk ball. And somebody got to them because they've been actually way better than the mess that they created at the Big Ten tournament. They should not have worked the NCAA tournament based on the Big Ten tournament. So they've been a lot better. But the damn yuck fest, it's hard. I, look, I love Raf, But when you, I worked one day with Raph. One game, two games, and like finally it's like, do I got to laugh at every silly thing? Does everything have to be a Bobby Knight rep? I mean, honest to God, he's great, perfect for the game, love him a long time, but it is hard because you, you feel like you got to laugh, and you know every time you say something, there's a stupid comment coming. I'm just saying. I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying. All right, my bracket is done. I'm going on the YouTube chat. Let me know about yours. Dylan, let me know what we're going to do about the things we worry about because we are insane in this world. I've got Kurt Schilling coming up. We're going to get into baseball. Did you see what happened to the relief pitcher of the New York Mets in the WBC World Baseball Classic? Did you see that? I want to get in with him also. We're going to watch baseball, right? That's what we're going to do eventually. So you know what? We're going to watch... So we might as well embrace the shot clock, the pitch clock, the bat clock, whatever. I'm just going to call it a shot clock. We'll see where Kurt Schilling is on the shot clock, and we're going to promo his new baseball podcast, which is terrific here on OutKick. OutKick's doing big things. Stay right here. Can't wait. Be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Oh, you know, we like to worry about stupid stuff that nowhere else in the world would anybody care about this. And I got one for you. PETA which is the animal group, whatever they are. Hell, I don't even know. Whatever they are, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care what PETA is. Doesn't matter to me. I know, you know, protection animals, blah, 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 blah. But when you get stupid, then you just got to laugh. Here's the deal. PETA, ladies and gentlemen, is saying something like this. No, they're actually saying this. They are saying um, to Jill Biden, stop, listen to me now, 
I want you to listen to this. Stop using chicken eggs for the Easter egg roll. Use lovely painted rocks instead. Every year, the first lady and the president host an egg roll Easter. This year, it's going to be on April 10th. They haven't had it for a couple of years because Jersey Joe uh, and the so you know the self-proclaimed doctor uh, are scared of COVID. So this lovely crazy woman says, "This we're going to use eggs. It's an egg roll." Peter President Ingrid Newkirk says that the White House should choose instead reusable plastic or wooden eggs or even lovely painted eggs or egg-shaped balls. Peter's letter uh, addressed to Jill Biden was chock full of egg-themed puns. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? We hope you'll agree that while families are shelling out nearly 70% more for eggs in the deadliest avian flu outbreak on record, now is a hopping good time to hatch an Easter tradition that is kind and doesn't prop up the cruel egg industry. Everything's cruel. I don't care. The freaking things we worry about in this country. Do you think over in Iran or Ukraine or Russia or anywhere in the Middle East, South America, Spain, Germany, they give a rats about what eggs? The freaking I don't know, White House, Premier, Ayatollah, whatever, whatever it is. You think they give a rat's backside on what these, what they are doing? Do you think even for a second? But that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we worry about here in the great state or the great country that we live in, the United States of America. All right, we told you yesterday that, and and I'm going to give you an update. We told you yesterday the way to bet the NCAA tournament is to wait to halftime. Bet the game over. I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand. The game over, not the individual team over, not the second half over, the game. It'll be in the 120s or more, not 70 for the second half. So yesterday we did it, and of the nine that I bet, I had to go to the doctor. Actually, I had to get bone marrow taken out of my back, but I digress. I'm just tough that way. Uh, it went seven and two. The day before, Wednesday, it went nine and one. So I don't know about you, but that's 16 and three. That's what we got covered right now, 16 and three doing that. So if you're going to ask me first and foremost, what am I doing? That's what I am going to do. All right. Michigan State plays USC. Now, I don't want to bet against Izzo, but this is not one of his better teams. I don't think he has a guy on that team that's even going to sniff going to a training camp in the NBA. USC, I've told you about the Pac-12. I've told you about them. I don't know. Arizona loses. So people are, oh, Dawkins. I thought you said the Pac-12. I did. I don't think any league is going to go undefeated unless it's like you tell me. I don't know. Seems like everybody's going to lose a game in a league. However, this seems odd to me, and I want to run this by you. Uh, 137.5 is the over-under in the uh, USC-Michigan State game. So, by the way, if somebody gets to 70, the other person gets to 68, our toes are tapping, and I think that's going to happen. I do. 
also yesterday at something in Indianapolis called the Beef Steak. The Beef Steak is St. Elmo's annual party. I don't know what you pay, but it's a lot of fun. I got to get an invite. So the, excuse me, so the Beef Steak, excuse me, the Beef Steak yesterday, it was yesterday. You know what? The Beef Steak went 9-1 and one on first. And I'll say this again, first First half unders. They went nine and one. Eight and one. I'm sorry. They played first half unders and it went eight and one. Unders are interesting. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I think USC is gonna beat Michigan State. It's a two and a half point spread. Look, watch USC. Just watch. Just watch them get up and down. And I've said this forever. I've said that. Uh, and I think it was Tom Crane that came on the show. Michigan State's going to run after makes. You've got to run in a tournament. Xavier Kennesaw, it's 12 and a half. I think Xavier beats Kennesaw by 15. Now, this is a 3-14 matchup. Kennesaw, we all know the story. Three years ago, they won one game. Now, they're in the tournament. Now, they won their conference and won their conference championship. Colby Jones is really good. The Fremantle kid who has been there for a long time at Xavier is not playing. Colby Jones plays for Xavier. So Jack Nungy is going to have to carry the load. And Jack Nungy, the former kid from Castle, Indiana, went to Iowa. Now he's at Xavier, is really good around the bucket. And they don't have anybody, anybody with the size, touch, and experience to match up with Nungy. I expect Nungy to have a big game. Santa Barbara and Baylor, the over-under on that is 141. Baylor... I like Baylor, but I don't like him a lot. Kid named Pasternak is the coach of USCB, UCSB. He was a manager for us at Indiana, Joe Pasternak. He escaped before Sean Miller got fired. He was an assistant to Sean Miller. Done a great job at UCSB. But I think Baylor wins this. Um, I think Baylor as a 10.5-point favorite. I think that's too much unless it spreads out late. But Baylor with Scott Drew knows its way around the tournament. They know they haven't guarded. So it's going to be either they're going to correct it and really uh, smother UCSB, or this is going to go down to the wire. Either way, if I were betting the game, I'm going 10 and a half. I'll take the points on UCSB. I don't see this being one of those blowouts. I love VCU. I love VCU. I watch them in their conference. They get the ball down the floor. They do the havoc. Uh, it, it, it's just really, really, really good to watch. Now, doesn't mean that St. Mary's isn't. I just don't like St. Mary's toughness. Now, like every other team, if St. Mary's can knock in a ton of shots, their toes are tapping. But when you watch VCU, you may not even recognize it, it, all the players play alike. You know, they got different sizes, so they don't look alike, but they all play alike. They're all in a stance. They're all scrappy as heck. Think West Virginia in the first 10 minutes yesterday against Maryland. That's how VCU goes about their business. I've never been a fan of St. Mary's. I really like Randy Bennett. I've gotten to know him. I think he's a terrific guy, but I, got, I don't really know him. That's a lie. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm not all in on him. I'm not. I was, and then I watched him take on uh, Gonzaga, and they just got physically overmatched. I mean, destroyed. And you don't do that in conference against your rival unless one team is playing really well, which Gonzaga is. But they got physically overmatched. Marquette. Marquette's got to juice it up. We've got to get going. 
Like they had a monster, monster, monster week. They almost lost to DePaul, ended up winning in overtime. That springboarded them to the Big East title. They won the regular season in Shaka's first year, and now, uh, maybe second year, I don't know. But now they have won the conference's more. Now you've been sitting around. People are telling you how great you are. Vermont's no stranger to it, but this isn't in Vermont's gym. So Marquette is a sleeper pick for some, a favorite for others to make the NCAA tournament, or excuse me, to make the Final Four. And I don't know which side I'm on. I'm with Seth here. I'll take Pittsburgh. I'll take the four and a half points. Look, you saw Penn State, same kind of thing with Pittsburgh. They're going to play inside out. Iowa State, don't count them out, particularly if they get down. If you're a better, watch this game and see how they get down. If they're down like six, I don't know, five minutes to go in the first half, and whap, 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 whap is happening from Pittsburgh, go ahead and take Iowa State on the money line. Don't take them for a lot, but go ahead and take them. Got to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. Very careful when you're taking a Pittsburgh team or when you're taking a Penn State team. Uh, I mean, I'm fascinated. I'm not betting against UConn. I've told you this before. I think UConn is one of the three or four best teams in the country. I think that Iona is great. They're fantastic. Rick Pitino said he wants to coach till 80. Rick Pitino said, I still got it. Rick Pitino says, don't at me. But you're playing one of the best teams in the country. UConn's no joke. And UConn isn't going to show up and not, uh, well, take Iona anything other than we got to beat their backside. Seriously, we just got to beat their backside. That's it. We got to beat their backside. Purdue giving 23. The coach is doing a lot of talking. He may get his comeuppance. All right, we're going to continue. I'm going to continue giving games, including Kentucky, later on in the show. But I don't know if you saw this. Camilla Harris spoke to Howard. Can you imagine Camilla Harris coming into your locker room? I mean, some of you might ask, hey, Camilla, you still like, you know, Willie Brown in it? I don't know. What are you thinking? College kids have thoughts. Don't at me. Although, you know, college kids like, I, I would assume women and men a little younger, but hey, you never know. But anyway, uh, heels up Harris, comes in and gives a talk. Let's, ta- let's hear from America's dumbest vice president ever. You guys are so good. You guys are so good. You played hard. You played to the very last second. You've made all us bison so, so proud. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, you guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second you did not stop. And that is so inspiring. So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. Because you showed the world who bison are, right? I mean, you, literally what you have done is in historic proportion. You know, I was at Howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game. 
<laughs> much less get into this place, right? And I see bison literally all over the world, and we've been talking about you, this team, this team, you all, this team, this year, this team. You make us so proud. So I know you may not be feeling great right now, okay? But know who you are. You are excellence. You are hard work. You are powerful. And you are winners. All right? So please know that. <coughs> please know that. And I'll see you later. And if you guys ever want to come and do a White House tour with Coach, where's Coach? There you are. Come, so we should, we plan, if you guys want at some point, right? When it's like a, you know, when you feel like playing hooky at Friday afternoon, whatever, <laughs> just come and we'll do a White House tour, okay? Can you imagine sitting in there listening to that idiot? We are all dumber, Camilla, for having to listen to that. I apologize to my listeners, right? You are bison. You are smart. And damn it, people like you. She's an idiot. Like, I know how she got her jobs. We all know that. But my question is, how'd she get through school? Like, how'd she, how'd she get to a point where she actually got through school? I mean, at the end of the day, this is literally the dumbest person ever to hold that office. There have been crooks in that office, but at least crook. I don't think she's smart enough to be a crook. I'm sitting there listening, and maybe it's just me, because here's my deal. Whenever I lose respect for somebody, I can't stop. There's a guy here in town, Stephen Holder. He's a writer. Uh, I read him, and I'm like, well, he's wrong about this, 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 and this. This is like six years ago. So this guy, well, I'm fighting words. He's going to fight, right? And so, of course, when I hit, read that on Twitter, you know, he, he's disrespecting my uh, work. That cuts into my family. So now I got him, right? So now I just make fun of him for the last eight years and watch him cry and moan to me and all this other stuff. That's how I do. Uh, A.J. Guyton playing basketball at Indiana. I couldn't watch. Luke Recker, I couldn't watch. I lose respect. I gotta, this, I've lost respect. I've never lost respect for uh, the vice president. I haven't even cared about the vice president other than Veep. Like, Veep is one of the greatest shows ever. Louis... Uh, What's-her-face, Louis Dreyfus, is fantastic. Unbelievable. Benetti and I text quotes all the time. It's the only vice president I ever cared about. I like Dan Quayle because he was from Huntington, Indiana. She is the Dan Quayle, I would say, of vice presidents. She's established a low that none of us can ever aspire to or should aspire to. She is a stone dumbass. And I salute her, though. Hey, look, she understood what she had. She used what she had. She got herself some pretty good job. And now she is a trip over a court away from being the president of the United States. Oh, chicka pesta. My eyes are burning. Gritty, I don't think she's book smart. Gritty Jen, I don't think there's anything smart about her. I, I listened to her and I, I, I don't know what to say. I do know what to say about this. Legend, legend, Kurt Schilling is going to join us. He's got a great podcast here on our show. It's a baseball podcast, and it's really good. Look, we've got pitch clock in baseball, no shifts in baseball. We've got Edwin Diaz tearing up his knee. The report now is that he's out for the year. 
I mean, we got some stuff going on in baseball. We'll also, of course, we're going to hit Kurt on his uh, picks. If you have questions for me for Kurt, the YouTube chat is absolutely out of its mind. I love it. You're right, Thomas Liddell. She does make, she does. She makes Dan Quayle look like a freaking genius. Be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, welcome back, Kurt Schilling. We can't find Glenn Gilball is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Alabama controversy, and it is a controversy. Seriously, I mean, look, um, if this turns out to be that the New York Times is falsely accusing a kid named Kai Spears, a walk-on son of the Marshall Athletic Director, of being a fourth person from the Alabama basketball team at the murder on January 15th, then I don't know what you say about the New York Times other than even in sports they screw it up. They're reporting that Kai Spears was a fourth guy at the shooting. That's the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen. That is the New York Times. So, What happened was the kid, you know, I don't know whether he was or not. Who knows? The kid's got to be mortified, right? Like, hey, but I will say this. There's always a little white guy hanging around the star basketball player. Now, I don't know if this is the case. I don't know if this isn't the case. What I do know is this. One or the other is lying. Because Kai Spears came out and said 100% absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. The New York Times is saying, hey, uh, guess what? This is what happened. This is, that's horrible. Like, if my son got accused of that and... He wasn't there. I don't really know what I would do because I never, ever, ever want to fight my son's battles. But that might be a battle that I might take a liking to. That might be a battle that I say, you know what, we're, I don't know what to do with the New York Times. Like, how do you sue the New York Times, right? It's like, I would love to sue the in- Indy Star, but you can't. Like, how are you going to sue them? They got 8 million li- I mean, it's, it's stupid. But if it involved a murder, if it involved, oh, I don't know, saying my son was at the scene, putting him involved with capital murder, let me ask you this. How would you react? What would you say? So now the lying, the cheating, the thieving, and I wonder if this, I wonder if the New York Times felt like they needed a white kid at the scene. You know what I'm saying? That seems to be... You know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the USA Today, all the Gannettes, it seems to be their thing, right? I wonder if they're like, well, you know, you're only having black kids at the scene. So here's a white kid that may or may not have been at the scene. I don't know. I have no idea. Zero, zip, nada. No clue. 
But it makes you wonder in this day and age. It really, it's a stupid idea that I have. But how many stupid things have we heard relative to race? How many stupid takes by Jalen Rose? Stupid takes uh, by Stephen A. Stupid takes. Uh, yesterday, Myron Metcalf. Stupid takes by Kendrick Perkins. How many do we have to have from Bamani Jones before we say, hey, look, I wonder. I wonder. Is that what the New York Times is about? Are they putting a kid in there? This is going to be fascinating to me, and I hope you pay attention to this story. Because so often, you know, with media, you can get cover. You can get cover by talking politics. You got the the Democrats, they're going to support them. Republicans, they're going to support them. So here's the kid's statement. I have one thing to say. The report of the New York Times was 100% inaccurate, and the writer had complete disregard for the truth. I'm trying to process and cope with these false statements that somehow have been published and seen by so many. So thankful to Alabama Athletics for refuting it on my behalf. More than anything, I remain completely heartbroken by the tragic death that occurred that night. That last sentence is is the Alabama thing now. Everybody's heartbroken. They say the same thing. Oates said it, and now this kid's saying, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, somebody needs to be fired. Like, I'm saying the editor needs to be fired, the writer needs to be fired. I mean, the whole thing needs to be cleaned out. If they're going to accuse some college player of being at the scene of a murder, uh, and he wasn't, it's pretty easy to figure out. It's pretty easy. Now, are you going to say that this kid was there because he was three, uh, three stores down, maybe at a bar, three Uh, Blocks down, maybe a block down this way, block down that way. I've been on that strip. There's things a a lot of different ways. Is that what you're going to say? I mean, I guess that could be your cover. But I'm on this kid's side. But I will say this. When it first came out, I'm like, yeah, everybody, every, every star college basketball player has a little white guy hanging around. Everyone. Calbert Chaney had Lawrence Frank, who's now the president of the Clippers. Uh, Odin and those guys had Mark Titus who's now whatever Mark Titus is. Everyone, Shaq, when we were filming Blue Chips, everyone had a little white dude, and I feel bad for this kid's family. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absurd, and it basically just simply sucks. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, free agents are signing left and right. We'll get back to this story with Glenn Gilbaugh as soon as we get him hooked up. Free agents are signing left and right. And my boys... That's right. My boys, the Colts, did they sign a starting quarterback in Gardner Minshew? Did they, did they sign? Did they go get the guy that's going to be the groomer for whoever they take if they take someone at four? Is this going to be the guy under center opening day for the beloved Indianapolis Colts? Are we going to have Minshew mania? Here in Indianapolis? I hope so. Look, if you're not going to be any good, what do I always say? Be interesting. I'm horrible at this job. But you know what I am? I'm interesting. Because you don't know what I'm going to say. I got all of West Virginia mad at me because I told on Twitter yesterday, some guy challenged me. I told you exactly what Huggins was doing cheap. And I know Seth Greenberg had to hear it from Huggins. I could tell it says, deal, stay out of trouble in the look he gave me, which means 
Ah, oh, Huggy Bear and all the people are up in arms. Good, be up in arms, don't cheat. The news today is this uh, Mike Gesicki signs with the Patriots. Are the Patriots starting to figure out being smart and getting weapons and that they can't just win because Bill Belichick waves a wand over his players? That because they have this incredible discipline, this incredible stuff, Within the Patriots, are the Patriots figuring out, hey, look, wait a second, we better get some weapons? Hocha Capesta, my eyes are burning. Are you kidding me? Is this what's happening? You know, the other day they went and got Juju Smith-Schuster, and now Mike Kosicki, I think he's pretty good. You got Bill O'Brien? Are you kidding me? Oh, side note, I forgot last night, I am buying two dozen, and I'm going to try to get more. I'm buying two dozen uh, shirts that say sack up on the front and then don't at me in our logo on the back because the catcher of the Cubs, Tucker Barnhart, texted me last night and he wants them. Let me know when Glenn is ready, please. Anyway, long story short, that's what we got going. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, are they figuring it out? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this, when you get your brains beat out, you get humbled, and you better figure out, you better get athletes. All right, speaking of a team that is not getting their brains beat out, I, I, I've been around college basketball since uh, the fall of 1981. I'm not saying I'm in college basketball, I'm around. Like I said last night, I was texting with Bill Self and different coaches, Drake's coach, all that kind of stuff. But I've never seen a great player, and he is a great player, Brandon Miller, go over. But that's not the story in Alabama. Glenn Gilball, a great writer that's been covering sports down there in Louisiana forever, uh, nice enough to jump on with us at a moment's notice. I don't like this stuff, Glenn. I feel bad for this kid who's being accused. I don't know whether he was there or not, but it sure sounds like Kai Spears is telling me, telling you, telling the world he wasn't there. He's not the fourth guy that the New York Times painted him to be. Yeah, well, you know, when there's video evidence can show if a person is there, but there's really no proof of if if you're not there because he could have just avoided any any video. But uh, so it's his word against uh, the New York Times. Uh, but that New York Times writer, Billy Witts, I mean, he worked on that story for a while. He quoted the kid Spears who gave a non-denial denial. And considering Alabama's track record on this murder controversy, they don't have a lot of credibility. So, so I'm, I'm agreeing with the New York Times story right now. All right, let me ask you then, um, because one of the things that happens in the modern era of crime solving is you have cameras from not only, you know, a dash cam by a... Um, uh, by a cop, but you know, they go to all the different restaurants and they go get these cameras, right? I mean, they can, right. it seems to me, this is a pretty easy thing to prove. Now, I guess by definition, what means in your mind at the scene, you know, at a bar, two, two rooms away down the street, what, what would be by definition, the kid was there? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, especially if he stayed in the car, uh, you know, he might not have been able to be picked up by the video, um, you know, so I'm not sure. I, I think there's going to be a lot of questions answered when this goes to trial, which I'm hoping will be over the summer. And I'm planning on covering it 
In fact, I'm going to go to the courthouse on my way back home from Birmingham just to see what the courthouse looks like and see what kind of media seating they got and so forth. Because I want to cover that thing. If it's not, it might be televised. Hell. It might be scalpers out front. You better be careful. I don't know. They got media passes. I mean, in Indiana, scalping's legal. It, you know, Mike Tyson, people were like, swear to God, when he went to trial here back in the day, people were lined up like the night before, like it was a Who concert yeah. or something. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah, that's, hey, that could be interesting. Glenn, let me, let me go this route. You, you, you're there. You've covered this from the get-go. Uh, and you, you mentioned the writer from the Times is, has been on this. Had you heard that this had happened? Had you heard that the Spears kid was there? No. No, I mean, I, and I had not heard that Brandon Miller was there until that preliminary, preliminary hearing back on February 21st. So, so no, but I mean, you know, there were, there were, uh, there were at least three uh, Alabama athletes there that, that we know of. I mean, it's a crowded strip. It was a late Saturday night. So, you know, there's no telling who might've, who might've been there, but I know Billy Witts was working on this story for some time. He was at the SEC tournament in Nashville uh, working on this, and and he's here now in Birmingham. So, uh, you know, and looking at his track record, he has a lot of credibility, and he's a veteran. Let me ask you, if there's no evidence, and you're in the newspaper business, if there's no evidence, then what is, how do you write that story? Uh, The writer has to have something concrete, correct? Well, I think what he has is, is sources and, and people telling him. Now, he's had contact with the with the police. You know, there, there's no telling who, who may have given him that information. Um, and also, you know, where does Alabama get their information? I mean, they don't, they don't necessarily have any more access either to what happened on the strip that night. I mean, I, I've referred to that in the past. It's called, uh, you know, institutional... Uh, power when you, you know, just because you, you quoted a person with a big job doesn't mean they're telling the truth, you know, and, and I think that's what Alabama's using. You know, the AD comes out and says something. The defense attorney who represents Miller comes out and says something. You know, they all have their side, but they don't necessarily have any more information than anybody else. Yeah. Have you been surprised at on the court how well Alabama has played given – you know, when you're coaching, all right, and all of a sudden, you know you got a controversy. And this happened when I was with Coach Knight a number of times. All of a sudden, wait a second, guy from New York Times is here, right? You're like, ah, crap. They've handled on the court about as well as you can. The only comparison I can make is Cam Newton back at Auburn with all the crap going around with his dad, and he just won a national championship. Yeah, you know, I, I think – People uh, don't realize how many distractions these college kids and pro kids play with anyway. You know, girlfriends, wives, friends, underlings, hangers on. Uh, you know, they got a lot going on anyway. And and they're able to uh, channel all that out when, when they play in a game. And, and I, I think I don't think kids, college kids really pay attention to the news as much as we do. You know, so I think it's a, it's easier for them to not be distracted during a two-hour game than, than we realize. Uh, 
I think the coaches may get more distracted than the players. But but Alabama has has played great. I mean, throughout all of this and and before as well. I mean, they've had very few hiccups all season. They're a great team, and and Miller has a little um, groin injury, and he wasn't quite himself yesterday. He he was zero for five. It was a blowout. I mean, he didn't really push anything, and we saw the rest of the team pick up the slack. So that bodes well for the tide because even if Miller's healthy, he can have an off night somewhere in the NCAA tournament. And it's, it's obvious that he's got enough people around him that they can, they can make up for it. Maybe once. Give give me a, you, you mentioned the trial. Um, this all has to come out in discovery, right? There will be subpoenas issued. There will be uh, depositions. There will be all kinds of stuff. Um, what's the timeline for this? Well, they they haven't really said when a date for the trial is, um, but I would I would assume it'll be before this year is out. I, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be during the summer. Um, but I know from covering athletes who have tri- tri- who are involved in trials that they tend to make it, you know, a rant where it's convenient for the season. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's no telling. I, I'm just hoping it'll be in the spring or fall. Has, give me your take from from start to finish on two things, two entities, how Nate Oates has handled this and how Alabama has handled this. Well, they both handled it as if they're in desperate need of a media strategist or a media consultant. They, they've just made mistakes at, at every turn. You know, at, when, when they had the preliminary hearing, when Brandon Miller was first identified as being on the scene and driving the murder weapon to, to uh, Darius Miles, uh, nobody briefed Nate Oates about that before his regular press conference on Tuesday. You know, that I mean, that's media consultant 101. You got to brief your coach and let them know what's going on. And then a few days later, they have that home game against Arkansas, and they forget to change Brandon Miller's uh, warm-up act or pregame act where he gets frisked because he's a shooter, you know, uh, or like he was at an airport or something. They forgot to change that. So, so, so people just aren't, aren't thinking there. And, and, uh, and they haven't stayed ahead of the story is the main thing. That's, that's also media strategy one-on-one. You stay ahead of the story. You, you get the information out there before it comes out in the preliminary hearing or before it comes out from, from the, from the police and Alabama missed that. They, Alabama should have released that Miller and whoever else players were there. Cause there's probably more to come out. They, they should have released that back on January 16th and said, look, Brandon Miller was there, but he's just a witness. So when Alabama comes out with that information, it's not seen as sinister. Okay. That's, that's why you stay ahead of stories as an institution. So they totally messed that up. And um, the funny thing about all this is the, Nick Saban, I think, is, is, is kind of enjoying this because he's out of the news big time because Alabama basketball has, has just dominated this news. But to answer your question, now Alabama hasn't handled it well. Nate Oates fumbled a couple of times, but he's at least been honest and human in his comments and, and, and candid. So I, I like the way Nate has handled it, even though he's fumbled a couple of times. You know, uh, staying with on the court, 
I got to tell you, the South opened up a little bit for them. No more Arizona, no more UVA. I mean, hey, uh, (laughs) this could be an interesting, interesting next couple weeks for Alabama. Yeah, and and that's why Alabama people are going to be pulling for Auburn to beat Houston on Saturday uh, because um, Alabama would not play Houston until the national championship game in Houston. So, So Houston would have the home crowd in that. Uh, and Houston's a great team. I watched them hold off Northern Kentucky last night, but but Auburn is getting hot. That's going to be a great game Saturday. But yeah, Bama's going to be pulling for Auburn Saturday. You can bet on it. Yeah, that's going to be very, very odd. But uh, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Well, hey, they just had a defensive back, some uh, freshman defensive back get busted with scales and guns and freaking uh, weed. Was that is that kid any good? I mean, is this a deal, or, or other than for him and his family? How does this affect Alabama? What's going on there? Yeah, I just just said Saban's been staying out of the headlines, but not now. Uh, that guy's a you know a young prospect who's supposed to be really good in the future for uh, for Alabama. But but yeah, I think Alabama might need to revisit uh, its its gun policy with with athletes uh, so they can. Uh, not be getting in some of this this trouble, but um, yeah, that's that's one more controversy for for Alabama, and we'll see how Nick handles that one. Appreciate you, Glenn. Thanks for coming on at short notice, man. Really appreciate it. It's good stuff. No problem. Thank you. All right, you can read Glenn Gilball at Outkick.com. He covers everything, not just the SEC, and does a great, great job, fantastic job. There's just a lot down in Alabama, right? I mean, now you got Bruce Pearl, who's very excited to have beaten Iowa. You know, now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. Alabama fans rooting for Auburn to beat Houston. Look, Houston is banged up. Houston is big banged up. I mean, they are banged up like nobody's business. And don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, because they play hard. Like, Auburn plays hard. I mean, really hard. Like, stupid hard. Well, you're going to have to play that way to beat Houston. I don't care who Houston does or doesn't have. Houston yesterday controlled the tempo. It was pretty good. No, it was... uh, it was a very, very good performance by Houston, sloppy. But given the fact, given the fact that Houston is kind of in disarray with some injuries, you know what? A win is a win is a win. I saw some articles written where, oh, by the way, uh, Houston played terrible. Samson's got to do a better job. Let me explain something to you, man. When your best player is out and he goes out at halftime, That ain't easy. And you all know I am not the great defender. I am not the great defender of Houston. I am not the great defender of Calvin Sampson. But credit where it's due. Same thing with Senderoff. Credit where it's due. Look, if you are a coach in the tournament winning 27 games in the MAC, you're a hell of a coach. And Senderoff has developed into a hell of a coach. But everybody has to know that in my world right here, you can't lose this game if you're Indiana. Like, I was going to wear my Benetti shirt, which is green. But I'm not wearing my Benetti green shirt uh, because I am supporting all day, all freaking day. I am supporting freaking Indiana. You can't lose this one. You can't. 
Uh, I'm hearing Huggy Bear is mad at me. Look, if you tell the truth, what's the problem? People can get mad, glad, angry, or sad, but the fact of the matter is uh, they were trying like hell to get a kid not to graduate named Keith McLeod. So get mad, glad, angry, or sad. Call me, cuss me out, do whatever you'd like. Sue me, whatever you want. Sue me! That's a great way to sue me! Damn it. Uh, Haley Coronia is going to join us. We're going to continue with the preview. Uh, Games are starting here in a little bit, and oh, what a day it is. All right, when we come back, some of you missed it. I'm going to go through it again because I got people asking me, 9-1 on Wednesday, 7-2 on Thursday with a system that I got from a quote, I take it for what it's worth, Secret Society of High Money Gamblers, DraftKings, FanDuel, Point Spread, everything. High Money got with a system. When we come back, I will tell you what that system is. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. All right, here's the system. You ready? The system is this. Bump it up, half time under. You get to halftime. You follow me here? You get to halftime. You see what the over-under is for the game. Not for, you know, if Houston plays Drake, not for either Houston or Drake or the second half. The game. You do it with the game. And you know what you do? You take the under. Uh, 9-1 on Wednesday. A bunch of dudes that bet like crazy. A bunch of guys that are uh, bettors, they do that. And what they do is they win. That's it. They win. Seven and two yesterday on the ones that I bet. I didn't have a chance. I was at the doctor. I didn't have a chance. And the nine and one, nine and one on Wednesday. So the fact of the matter is when you get into these kind of games, that to me, I don't know. These guys have been doing it for a while, that to me is a pretty good way to go about it. Now, you got to read the room. Like Iowa, I went with the under, and that was stupid because I knew Iowa wasn't going to go over. and next thing you know, they started making threes, and that one, they blew away. You know, you're not going to win them all, but you tell me any type system where you are going to win them all, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. The truth of the matter is this. This is the truth. The truth of the matter is Uh, It's a pretty good and a pretty fun way to bet because you're not invested in hitting a spread or you're not invested in one team. You want everybody to score or not score. If you take the over, you want them to score. Obviously, if you take the under, you don't. It's a pretty fun way to go about the business. It really is. And oh, by the way, I want to clear something up. People are mad at me in West Virginia for my tweet saying that Huggins had a system with Brett Barrett. And why did I delete it? Well, I deleted it because that's what I do at night. I'm like the newspaper. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, and uh, Voice of Morgantown or Voice of West Virginia said they reached out to me. I'll show you my phone. Nobody's reached out to me. So get mad, glad, angry, or sad, but I speak truth, and I think I'm allowed to tell my life story. I think I'm allowed to tell the stories of my coaching career just like everybody else is, and I've always wondered this. I've always wondered how many coaches lost their job. How many did? 
Like I was recruiting a kid named Keith McLeod. Keith McLeod, Canton McKinley. All of a sudden, here comes Huggins. He comes in from Cincinnati. Long story short, uh, the high school coach, Dave Hoover, told me that they were trying to get Keith McLeod not to graduate. I'm like, what? Because if you didn't graduate, then guess what? You can go to a prep school. Brett Barra, one of Huggins' guys, uh, according to the coach and others, had $10,000 ready to pay, which is what it costs to go to Maine Central Institute. Okay. I stood up to Huggins. I told all my coaches, when you're out on the road, just tell everybody, everybody, that we're going to turn Huggins in. You know what happened? Driving down the street, on my way to the Wisconsin Dells, damn near pulling into the parking lot. My wife's in the front seat. Kids are in the back. Bob Huggins calls, you son of a blank. Really? You tell that little Jamal Meeks, I'm going to whip his you-know-what. Oh, okay. So guess what happened? I said, Huggy, we can set that up. Let's do it. Jamal Meeks is young and really tough. You're fat and you're old. Now, at the time, I don't know how old he was. He was a lot younger than me at 60. I said, we can set that up if you'd like. That'd be great. Let's do it. Let's set that up. Well, he, I go, that's great. Whatever we did, whatever you did, whatever, we can set this up with you and Meeks. Tell me when and where. We'll meet you halfway between Cincinnati and you two can fight, and it ain't going to go well for you. So let's set that up. Well, you guys are accusing me of cheating. I go, Huggins, here's exactly what you're doing. Boom, 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 boom. And I gave you all the same. Dave Hoover, uh, the big guy who died, who was the head of the uh, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Brett Barrett. I gave him all the name. And you know what he said? All right. Look, here's the deal. I like Huggins, but I'm getting to the point where how many If we did not get Keith McLeod, he ended up being basically an All-American for us, player of the year in the MAC. If we didn't get him, we wouldn't have gotten a second contract. I want you to think about this. We would not have gotten a second contract. I'm 35, 36, two young kids. Jamal Meeks was in his late 20s. Artie Papella, maybe late 20s, early 30s, my coach, we wouldn't have got a second contract because that kid would have gone to Cincinnati and we would not have won. It is not a victimless crime. It is not. So when you see Will Wade come back, it's funny. I got a couple texts from coaches in his league going, how about that? How many jobs are lost because a kid was going to go here, but that guy, some guy was cheating And the kid didn't go here. He went here because the coach was cheating. So it cost people lives. It's just like steroids. Steroids, you and I are second basemen at Tidewater. Uh, We're there. You got a choice to make. You're going to take steroids? No, I can't do it, man. I can't. Guy over there says, yeah, I'm taking steroids. Next thing you know, he's in the big leagues. He's hitting 300 with, I don't know, 20, 30 bombs. You know what I'm saying? So the guy that did the right thing loses his job. He's back at home selling insurance while this guy's a star making millions because he did the wrong thing. I've always said it is not a victimless crime, and I've always said wherever I am, look, if you cheat, I'm going to call you out. So people can get mad. I don't care. But I'm so tired of seeing cheating prosper in college basketball that somebody somewhere somehow needs to step up and say something. Nobody wants to. Absolutely nobody wants to. 
How many jobs? Will Wade, back in coaching. Calvin Sampson. All these phone calls, right? People say it's victimless crime. Really? Is it really? How many guys went to play for him because they thought Calvin Sampson loved him more back when he was doing these phone calls that would have gone somewhere else, and those guys lost their job? I had people way back in the day, coach at USC, he's like, yeah, man, we were lucky to hang in here that long with all the crap Wooden was doing. It's not victimless. It's just not. And if you have a problem with it, I'm right here. And don't tell me, voice of West Virginia, you tried to reach out. Here's my phone. Here's my email. Here's everything I got, and you ain't on it. And anybody wants to have a problem with me, you can have a problem with me. That's fine. But I'm just telling you, it ain't victimless. And I'm allowed to tell my damn life story. And if somebody wants to refute it, fine. Come out and refute it. But if they refute it, they're lying. One thing I don't do is lie. And I'm just tired. I'm tired of watching guys go in the Hall of Fame. I'm tired of watching a number one say, And I'm tired of everybody knowing, but nobody wants to say. And guys are out of coaching. I've had so many coaches call me, text me, and say, man, that's pretty good. Thanks for doing that. Now, not as many, you know, couple, right? Because right now, what does it matter? You cheat your brains out, and you get celebrated. But, hey, at the end of the day, you just get tired of watching guys in your industry, and just like guys in steroids. Guys in steroids, I guarantee you, and I don't, I don't have the history on this, but I would think that somewhere, somehow, somehow, somebody that didn't take steroids alerted somebody that, hey, this is what's going on in baseball. Again, I don't have the answer here. I don't have, you know, what... I can't remember who did what with steroids, but at some point, my God. So I'm getting crushed. I don't pay attention. He's literally a grudge for 20 years. I don't have a grudge on anybody. I'm just freaking tired. So they say, we reached out to Dockage. No, Dockage is scum. That's fine. The fact that he's associated with Clay Travis, Tommy Lauren, Kurt Schilling shouldn't be a surprise. Good. I can tell my life story, and that's my life story. And I'll go wherever that story needs to go with whatever people want to go. So if you're trying to reach out to me, I just explained it to you. So write your little article, defend your little coach, uh, but that's my story, and that is exactly what happened. My ex-wife will tell you, she's like, Dan, damn, you guys are MFing. And then it ended up, I spoke at his clinic, and he spoke at my dinner. Because guys can handle it, but I'm just tired. I'm tired of hearing about it. So call me scum. Biggest hater, Dockage accused uh, Huggins of being a cheater, had a cheat system, doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I'll tell you right now, I don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Kelvin Sampson belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't think cheats belong in the Hall of Fame. One thing I'll tell you about Bob Knight, Bob Knight would never cheat, thought he was a good enough coach that he didn't have to cheat. Thought he was good enough to take his and whip your backside and take yours and whip your backside. That's the way we went about it at Indiana. And if people have a problem, bring it. I'm going Pat McAfee on you. You got a problem? Bring it. Because I've had enough. And at some point, my life story gets told all over the place. Dan Wolken writes an article. Doyle writes an article. At some point, I'm going to tell my life story. And my life story is about integrity and honesty. And if you don't like it, 
Bring it. There you go. That's my daily thoughts. Yesterday, you got my daily thoughts on uh, relationships, and I got to tell you, it was freaking glorious. Don't at me, Jennifer. You know it was. You know it was. You know a lot of you guys, my daughter came home yesterday, and we were talking about cleeps. Remember I told you, and how I would tell her and her friends, they just friend. We were laughing about uh, that last night. Column coming. It is coming. You know Dana uh, Hendricks, whatever the hell her name is at the Star and Doyle, they got to have an article about me because no one's reading that crick. Dan, at what age did you lose your virginity? I'll tell you exactly. On the beach, after my senior year in high school, uh, Gary, Indiana has the best beaches out there. Nobody believes it. The best beaches in not America. But let me put it this way. Nobody would believe Northwest Indiana has great beaches. I simply think, I simply think that if you went there one time and looked this way, not that way because there's steel mills, or you look that way, there you go. Yeah, I wasn't a big sex guy. I'm not going to lie. I'll tell you the truth. You want to hear a little bit of Danny? Uh, girl I was dating wanted to have sex. I said no. I'm very proud of that. Then I gave in. And I'm a kid, right? But I will tell you, girl, I, you know, she did. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. But that's, uh, Dan, were you 32 or 33? No, I was like, what was I, 19? I was a little bit older in high school after I sat out of here. I, I, look, my life is an open book, okay? I got nothing to hide on this show, and that's what makes this show glorious. Nothing to hide. So there you go. Hey, Dan, you went on the beach? I don't want sand all over you. It, I, I, think, I think it lasted a cool 15 seconds, baby. Uh, I'm telling you, I took Lee Ross up to Northwest Indiana. I said, you're getting the Gary, Indiana tour. Long story short, went to the Jackson's house, went to this bar, Milan's, got a six pack of beer, uh, a bag of Jay's uh, barbecue potato chips, went to Miller Beach and Gary, sat in the lifeguard stand, and it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, can we get back to the show? Can we get back to the show? Let's just, all right, we're going to take a minute. Haley's coming up. Haley's got some videos for us, and I love it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why you watch our show. I deem her the Carrie Bradshaw of Nash Vegas because she is gal about town. If she's there, then it's important. If she's not there, people are wondering, where's Haley? Where the hell is Haley? It's not a party until Haley shows up. You are, you are, um, you're resplendent in a kind of green today for St. Patty's Day. Yeah, it's as close to green as I could find in my closet. I have like a bright, bright green, but it's fancy dress. So this is as close as we're going to get. It's like a lime green. Well, um, it goes well with your eyes. My mother always told me two things. Compliment a lady on her shoes and compliment how her outfit makes her eyes pop. My wife has never heard woman. that my mother. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, you know, this could be considered harassment. So if it is, I apologize and I'll contact my lawyer. But, you know, no. you know it is what it is. Hey, uh, we got some TikToks. Walk me through your week, young lady. Yeah. So first thing that I want to show you before we get to the TikTok battle royale, 
Um, there's this guy going viral recently. His handle is Octopus Lover 8. And he does these like really fun modern day reenactments of historic events. So all of his followers will comment in his comment section what they want him to reenact. But it's like a modern day take on it. So, for example, one of the videos that he did, he was FaceTiming his friend who is the one who put the crack in the Liberty Bell. He's done Hillary Clinton finding out that Bill was cheating on her. He's done the Trojan horse. He's done all these things. So I want to share two with you before we get going. Joe. Let's do it. Yeah. For the past week, like I've been waking up with like really bad nausea. And like some days I would like throw up a little and like I didn't really think anything of it. Like I thought like maybe like it was the dairy that I've been eating and like whatever. But then like I realized that I'm like low key a few weeks late on my period and like I'm kind of freaking out and um I just took a test and it says I'm pregnant. <laughs> I don't this know how it happened either. We never we never even had sex. We never had sex. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I need you right now instead of yelling at me, how did this happen? Da, 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 da. I need ah. you to be supportive with me because it happened. Period. It happened. Period. It's not entirely about you, Joseph. It's not. It's about me. I'm the one with the baby inside my stomach and I've never even had sex with you or sex in general, period. So how do you think I feel right now? Dan, if are the you? Virgin Mary had are an iPhone, this is how it would go down. You are going to hell. Well, I know you're Catholic. I'm Catholic. I figured you thought it was funny, but there's another one too. I think it's hilarious. So he, you know, if the Virgin Mary had an iPhone, is this how she would tell Joseph that she's pregnant with Jesus? So I don't know. It's something to think about. Here's another one. Ah, okay, okay, it's out, it's out, it's out, it's out. Oh my God, I'm too good. Okay, okay. No, I'm not kidding. I'm the one dollar. Benjamin Franklin is the one hundred dollar bill. So this is like the president's George Washington himself figuring out that he's going to be on the $1 bill and Ben Franklin's going to be on the 100 kind of waiting like it's this, you know, sweepstakes results coming out. Anyway, I just thought he's very funny. He's trending right now. He's got like 1.4 million followers now. And every day it's just people asking him like, hey, can you do the execution of Joan of Arc? Like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? So he's a very busy man. You know, one of the things that I never thought of, I'm going to go back to the first video. I never thought of this as a Catholic. Uh, I just believe, right? They tell me I'm that's who I was. But I went on a religious walkabout, and I started thinking, right? Like, you know, instead of just being told, I started thinking. Can you imagine, like, being pregnant, knowing you never had sex, and being a guy whose girlfriend, fiance, tells him she's pregnant, but she's never had sex and never had sex with him, right? I mean, I... You'd have to be a fool unbelievable, to believe really. it, and yet we believe it, you know? So you got to believe in something bigger than yourself, bigger than reality, bigger than anything that happens here on Earth. We have to just put it up there and, and believe. So that's what we do. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I never gave that thought, like, when I was going through Catholic school. But as I got older, I'm like, yeah, that would yeah, be that a makes bad no deal. All right.
I, I, you know, if you noticed, I all of a sudden started going like this, right? Like, uh, hi. Try to see it closer. <laughs> no, I tried to kind of scrunch down to protect myself. Uh. All right, <laughs> what's next? Hey, man, you guys hiring? Are we hiring? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, probably. Good. My cousin Tommy's getting out of prison next week, and he loves Starbucks. And I was going to see if you guys might hook him up with a gig. Okay. Um, well, I know that uh, our store manager isn't here right now. Oh, really? Uh, You're not the manager? He, he just left. He left like an hour ago. No shit. Dude, I know what you're thinking, but Tommy's a good guy. It was a blue-collar crime. Yeah, okay. I mean, he killed a man with his bare hands, but the guy deserved it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would say everyone coming. changes, you know, yeah, you got to give him a shot if you don't mind. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I have no say in that, but can uh, I have him ask for you though. Like, huh? can I have him ask for you? Can you tee him up? Can you tee up Tommy when he gets out? Tee He'll be out. Tommy? Yeah. Tee up my cousin, Tommy. He's getting out of prison in a couple weeks. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, he's, he's a good this. guy, man. I promise. Perfect. Okay. And he loves the caramel macchiato too. Oh, okay. So if you don't mind hooking him up when he comes in during the interview, okay. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. I am so gullible. Walk like I would... what? Ha what happened there? What happened there? I was muffled a little. What happened there? So the guy ordering at the drive-thru is saying like, hey, my cousin's getting out of prison soon. Can he just get a job with you guys? Like he loves the caramel macchiato at Starbucks. Prank, I'm assuming this is a prank. I hope it's a prank. But he's like, it's a blue collar crime. You know, he murdered someone with his bare hands, but yeah. he deserved it. He's a good guy. Um, <laughs> That's what honestly, I thought I heard. Honestly, they probably would hire him. So it's worth a shot. Haley, I got to do is look around. I mean, I, I think the hiring standards aren't exactly as high. People are dying for someone just to go to work. What else and you got? What, and what, before we get to the last video, what is wrong with the tipping culture now where you get a coffee and all they do is pour the cold coffee in a cup with ice and they hand it to you and then they swing the, the iPad around and they want a 25% tip. It's like, and then you feel guilty for not tipping, but it's like, you didn't really do anything. But then these people really rely on tips. So I'm like, I always do it. And then I'm like, my coffee's $13. Like, I can't really do this anymore. Um, I am a big tipper. I am. I, uh, I like, here's my theory. We give to two churches, but we don't give a ton. I mean, we give, I don't give 10%, but I tell my wife, look, I'm, my tithe is in tipping. Like, I just do. Because yes. I just feel like I would rather tip somebody that could use the money than be in a pot at a church. Now, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it is, though, you are on the spot when they spin that thing around. What are you going to do? Go, hey, nah, I'm not tipping you. You got to do it. I know, and you're a great person. You're very charitable. But then at the end of the day, it's like... I don't know. This is a lot of money. I'm not. I'm not sure if I can do it in this economy. But anyway, last video coming. I up. agree. We're going to a car wash. 
<laughs> These white knuckles over there. <laughs> Look at those eyes. It's like. <laughs> Barely trying. Oh, what is that? His head is facing the direction, but he's not looking. Like his eyes are going the opposite way, but he's still looking at the car wash. He's so cute. Oh, I tell you what. Um, I used to put my son on the dryer. Like, and the first time I did it, this is how dumb I am. First time I didn't did it, I didn't realize that the vibration would knock the bassinet off the dryer. Dude went flying. <laughs> Is he all right? Depends who you ask. I mean, if you ask his mother <laughs> and I, we're like, yeah, he's great. If you ask his girlfriend, most times she's like, yeah, he's a fool. What'd you guys do to him? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't I'm know. going with the baby. I I'm going with the baby. Is that you? Yes. I'm I gotta go with yet. the baby. Yeah, yeah, it's been a drought. You, you've had a little bit it's of a, a streak. Drought. All right, that was yours. Who had the uh, the Johnny Macchiato? I don't know. I actually don't know who was who this week. Normally, I I huh? pre-screen them, but I don't know. I'm gonna assume that Dylan's was the first one. And Ryan's was the second one, but I'm just guessing. I don't know that. I don't know the real. No, that's answer. true. But you know that, what? It doesn't what matter because the queen is back. Hey, let me. Last thing before I let you go, uh, give it to us. What's your? Uh, what's the go-to place in Nash Vegas for anybody that's watching? What's the go-to St. Patty's place? Ooh, well, I know I'm biased, but Sixth and Peabody, where we record our shows, is going to be popping with a lot of people watching these games. So that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be asking people questions today, um, doing some man on the street, woman on the street, queen of TikTok on the street. So that's what I have planned for the day. That's where I'll be. Hey, Haley, where could they find it? Outkick. Just watch Outkick and you'll see it. There's no Follow reason Outkick, to TikTok, ever leave OutKick. Instagram, Twitter, exactly. It's the best place to be. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and have fun tonight. Today. Hi, Dan. Tonight. Bye, Haley. I love that segment. I do. That's a fun segment for me. Guys are like, what the hell is going on here, Van Pasterman? How about the little kid, right? I don't know. Have you ever put your kid on the dry washing machine? I did. The dryer, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't the washing machine. Well, maybe it was, but I think it was the dryer. And I totally forgot. <laughs> boom, 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 bam! Luckily, he fell kind of on the side or else he would have fallen on his face. Uh, I got Indiana winning tonight. I do think, and I agree with Seth Greenberg. Who wins? Golf injury. Manager, scared baby. The baby's eyes are fantastic. See, you guys don't believe that I actually remember the day I was born. I remember the day. And I had somebody tell me that that's possible. So I'm very happy about that. I remember the day. So I, I think, you know, that kid looked like a little human. When COVID hit, I did a video with Benetti where I was 
uh, the Jack Nicholson character in A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth. I'm going to dig that up. And we got to play that coming up next freaking uh, uh, next week. Let's see here. St. Mary's VCU, Iowa State, Pittsburgh, UConn, Iona, Kentucky, taking on Providence. Seth Greenberg is on my screen. We thank Seth for coming on. We thank Haley for coming on. Glenn Gilball jumped in here. Of course, Ryan and Dylan, unbelievable job. Aaron, thank you for all of the support. Uh, Chuck, great job. My earpiece is working. Uh, Caitlin and everybody, Davey, everybody associated with OutKick and this show, remember, halftime. Bet the game under and see how you do. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day.